Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Conversing Labs. I'm your host, Paul Roberts. I'm the cyber content lead here at Reversing Labs. And we are here with another Conversing Labs Cafe edition. Last time we were talking to you from the RSA conference, this time we're at Black Hat here in Las Vegas, Nevada. And we're here with Devin Berg, who's the Director of Threat Intelligence at Kanji. Devin, welcome to Conversing Labs Podcast. Thanks, Paul. Great to be here with you guys. It's your first time having you on. Thrilled to have you. Obviously, we're here at Black Hat. We're in the Reversing Labs booth. Over there is the Kanji booth, also pretty crowded. What are you seeing at the show, and what's interesting to you? It's been great. There's been a huge turnout. There's been a at least from our side, we're definitely an Apple house, so it's been great seeing a big influx in Apple people and Apple talks and stuff that's been going through this year. Yeah. So seeing that grow and keep getting bigger has been a great thing for us. For the folks who don't know Kanji, talk just a little bit about what Kanji does. Sure. So Kanji is a MDM and EDR provider. So we secure and do mobile device management for iOS devices, Apple TV, iPad OS, and Mac OS devices. And then we also have an additional EDR product that ties into our Mac OS product. Okay. And your customers are enterprise, small we, business? We, we have everything from small business all the way up to bigger enterprises. It's more of just people who like really want to have their Apple devices secured and maintained and managed. So we have customers with as little as 50 devices and we have thousands of devices on other ones. So much of the whole InfoSec sector is predicated on Windows, right? Oh, yeah. It was 95% market share for so long. It's really less true today, particularly in verticals like tech, right? Where Mac and non-Windows OS is actually really common. Talk about some of the challenges that presents for companies in terms of doing endpoint protection. Sure. So one of the biggest things and some of the things that I've seen across my career and kind of path has been that there's a huge influx in people who are very big into to Windows security. It's always been the cash cow. It's the one everybody goes to, it's the one everybody knows. Uh, but as the, the enterprises are growing and you see a lot more with the millennial generation, the Gen Z generation, that they really like their Apple devices. They wanna be able to have the seamless connectivity between iOS and Mac OS and have that kind of build to, to expand on. More and more malware writers are attacking iOS and Mac OS devices. The problem that we've run into in the past is that because it's been such a niche field and it's so small, finding the people with those expertise has been really difficult and hard. So that's one of the things that we try to pride ourselves on is we built out a really great team of people who really specialize in that. But for the longest time, we were the black sheep. People were like, why are you studying Mac OS security? Nobody cares. You're doing endpoint protection. Is there a meaningful difference between the types of things, types of threats and attacks you're seeing on iOS, Mac OS? Uh, endpoints and what we're used to seeing in the Windows world. Is it pretty much the same threat actors, same types of attacks? It's a very similar kind of attack field that's there. What we're seeing more and more is 10 years ago, a Mac malware may only be adware. It may be just be something that's just potentially unwanted, like a kind of junkware. With the move to see more people, especially specifically developers and executive teams that are really big around having their Mac OS devices, we're starting to see a lot more things of backdoors, things like the 3CX that you had mentioned a moment ago, uh -huh. where it can attack that same kind of vector and expand that out to the people that normally would feel completely safe. If we look back, it wasn't too long ago, Apple made the claim that Mac doesn't get viruses. And as we continue to grow, we're seeing that not only do we get them, they're becoming more and more complex and more difficult to detect. And again, we talked about Patrick Wardle, who's one of the renowned experts in Mac OS, doing a whole thing just on the role that attacks on 
Mac OS endpoints had in the 3CX supply chain compromise. Absolutely. Yeah, it's really true. And I think even back when you were having those conversations, Mac is in a security issue. I think everybody recognized there's something inherent with Mac OS that makes it not a security risk. It's just that there aren't as many of those endpoints as there are Windows endpoints. So where the fish are. For the longest time, it was just one of those things was like, why would I create malware that only affects 3% of the population, right. where I can create something that's going to hit 97% and have that bigger net to cast. Right. Okay, so you guys are in EDR space, like what, obviously with the shift to remote work, hybrid work, really big changes in the way that companies are managing their IT infrastructure, what that looks like, you know, the whole notion of a perimeter is long since dead. What are you seeing right now in the, in the EDR space? What are the big trends and what are you hearing from your customers in terms of what they're looking for in terms of protection? Yeah, the biggest thing is the shift to remote work, it took out a lot of security measures that a lot of pieces had in place. Um, people were used to going into the office and they had firewalls and they had all these different kind of layers of security that was put in place. The shift to being remote, it changed all of that because you may have a Meraki router or Palo Alto firewalls or something in your office that the normal home user doesn't have. And then the normal home user, they're like, oh, I want remote light bulbs that came from China for $5. You don't know that may have a back door in it. So you're just opening up a lot more security vulnerabilities and a lot more risk. Right. So it's been something where you really have to maintain and monitor not only the, the stuff that you know are going to happen, but watching for processes, watching for things that are going to be completely different or off key from what people are used to doing. Okay, final question. You brought it up, which is the supply chain threat, right? The move it hack, the Office 365 compromise. Like we are seeing threat actors targeting suppliers, major suppliers to major organizations as a way to circumvent security protections. As an EDR vendor, what's your take on that? Does that change the requirements for a company like Kanji or is it just keep doing what you're doing? It changes things, but it doesn't. It, we always know that those kind of things happen. It's not the first time we've seen the supply chain kind of attack happen, yeah. but it's getting more prevalent. Yeah. What it makes us do is become more aware that even though traditionally this software may be safe, we still only let our guard down. We can't just trust and not verify. We need to trust and verify everything that we're going through and looking at. So being able to not only validate, hey, this software is good, but what is that software doing? Monitoring its behavior is kind of still seeing things regardless. Okay, if our listeners, our viewers want to find you online, where can they find you? So I'm on LinkedIn, and then if you ever need to get in contact with me as far as anything else, I'm also available through Kanji stuff. You can email us through there. And our threat team's happy to answer any kind of questions or do anything from that side too. That's great. Hey man, thanks so much for coming in. Yeah, absolutely, Paul, thank you. We'll do it again.